I'm going to hopefully just preach a shorter message this morning. I'm not going to expound a passage of Scripture as we normally do, as is our normal practice. Rather, in light of this unusual occasion, this unusual service, I want to preach a topical message that I hope is timely and very much suited to our present situation. What has happened since we last met on March the 8th? A deadly virus spread all across our world, across our nation, and across our community. Almost all of us by now know people who have been infected with the virus. Some perhaps even know people who have died from the virus. But because of this virus, governments across the world have imposed unprecedented restrictions on the lives of their citizens to curtail the spread of the virus. And these restrictions have kept us from gathering as a church. They've kept some of us from working. They've kept us from our families and our friends. And for many of us, perhaps all of us, uh, they profoundly disrupted our lives. But now, at least we're being told, these restrictions are beginning to be lifted. Uh, None of us knows the future, but we are being told that Uh, quote, the curve is being flattened. Uh, The threat of the virus no longer warrants many of the restrictions of the last few months, and we can at least begin the process of reopening our country. So as we begin to come out of quarantine, and as we as a church begin to resume some semblance of church life, my mind has gone to the theme of revival and renewal. In the history of God's people Israel under the Old Covenant, in the history of God's people the Church under the New Covenant, it's just true that God has been pleased to use times of testing, times of difficulty, times of trial to work revival and renewal in the hearts and lives of His people. These events have greatly tried us and challenged us and stretched us. If you're like me, you found the past few months to be somewhat spiritually disorienting, uh, internally confusing in some ways. You've wondered, what is God doing in all of this? Uh, You've had time, perhaps, an occasion to undergo uh, some greater degree of self-reflection and self-evaluation. And maybe you're asking, how have I done during these months? How has my family done during this time? Uh, What's going to happen in the days ahead? What does the future hold for us? What will the quote-unquote, new normal look like. Well, now we're beginning to come out of this situation, and I'm hoping that now God will be pleased to work in each of our lives and in the life of our church in significant ways to help us and to change us and to revive us. I'm praying that for myself, and I hope that we're praying for that together as a church family. So this morning, I want to call us to commit ourselves to four things Uh, to pray for these things, to pursue these things, to seek these things in our own lives and in the lives of one another. So first of all, let me call us to seek a restoration of church fellowship. The restoration of church fellowship. Perhaps this is just so obvious, but I'm sure this is something we've all been looking forward to. I think we would all testify to the joy and to the spiritual support that we experience through our church fellowship as Christians. Uh, We have come to depend upon one another and on the church body. 
And listen, this is just as it should be. The Bible's vision for church is an anti-social distancing vision. And we are inherently, as God's people, social distancing averse. That's not to say we shouldn't follow these guidelines. Of course we should follow these guidelines. But this doesn't come naturally to us, to sit apart from one another, to go weeks and weeks and some months without being meaningfully connected with one another, foregoing the gathered worship of God week by week. We as the church are called to be one, to be united, to function as the family of God, the household of God, and the body of Christ. We're called twice in the scripture to greet one another with a holy kiss. That's, that's one biblical injunction I'll ask you to forego today. But we're called to bear one another's burdens, to care for each other. So how can we stay at a distance from one another, at least not for very long? I, I have felt for the past nine weeks, ten weeks, uh, weak in a number of ways. I've missed the church family. I've missed the church body. And more than ever, I have felt my dependence upon the church body. And as I get older and as I grow as a Christian, that only increases more and more. If I have to be away from my church family for a week, I feel more strongly, uh, more intensely my need for the church body. And I've wondered, I've asked myself, is that a sign of weakness? Is that a sign of a lack of health? Uh, But I think if we're reading the scriptures, I think if we understand the Bible's vision for the church and for our lives, I think we should recognize that as a sign of health. It is appropriate that we depend upon one another. That as we grow in grace and as we grow in Christ's likeness and as we grow as the Lord's people, we only feel more drawn out to one another, more connected to each other, more one with one another. And so to spend time apart from one another, to be at a distance from one another, only becomes harder as we grow in grace. So this first point, let's seek... In these days, of course, there's going to be steps along the way. This is going to be a process for us. But let's seek a full restoration of church fellowship. Let us freshly commit ourselves to loving and serving and supporting one another as the body of Christ and as the family of God. Secondly, let us seek a recommitment to gathered worship. Let us seek a recommitment to gathered worship. Friends, we have been so rich for so long with the ability to sing and pray and sit under the preached word week by week. And I hope you know this. This has not always been the privilege of God's people throughout church history. It's not even the regular privilege of God's people throughout the world in every place today. But God has been so kind to us that week after week as a part of the rhythm of our lives. We expect to come to gather, to pray, to sing, and to be with the Lord's people under the Word of God. This has been a kindness and a gift from God's hand. For some of us, from the time we've become Christians until March 15th of this year, we had never known more than one or two weeks apart from the worship gathering. But now for over two months, we've not been able to gather to worship God, and we've been deprived of all of the blessings of those gatherings And as I say that, I I just want to to say, I think you know this, but we don't pretend what we've been doing online for the past two weeks is any sort of substitute for what's going on today or for what goes on ordinarily week by week when we gather together as an assembly of the Lord's people and the presence of the risen Son of God is with us by the Holy Spirit in a special way. 
what we've been doing and recording messages on the video and posting them online, that's not preaching. It's not eyeball to eyeball, soul to soul communication in the presence of the living Lord Jesus. We've not been able to gather and worship aright for these days. But now, praise be to God, we can gather. We can meet together. Should we not recommit ourselves to the priority of our worship gatherings? Having been away from these gatherings for so long and having been in the place of longing and pining and having had our appetites for our gathered worship starved for these days, can we not say with the psalmist, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when I saw the email. Church is reopening this Sunday. This resumption of our regular gatherings is an appropriate time, a natural time, I think, to take stock of where our hearts have been. My friend, had the rhythm of weekly worship become routine for you? Maybe even a little dull? Something you more or less took for granted? Had your heart become insensitive to the joys and glories of gathered worship? Well, brothers and sisters, what an occasion God has given us now to come back to gather together again and to once again partake of these blessings and to recommit ourselves to everything that gathered worship is. And to be clear, I'm sure you know this, I'm not just talking about attendance. It's been interesting to hear the media talk about churches. It it seems that um, many view churches as um, sacred spaces, events that people want to attend, Listen, we don't want to be in church. We want to be with the church. What we're so hungry for is the gathering to be with God's people. And we don't care if it's out here under the sun or inside, though we prefer inside, I'm sure. We want to be with the Lord's people in the presence of the Lord Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So I'm not just talking about a recommitment now to be there on Sundays. I'm talking about a recommitment to engagement coming with expectation and anticipation and giving ourselves with full hearts to the worship of God, whole-souled engagement in singing, engagement in prayer, engagement in the preaching, engagement in the ordinances. We should commit that we will never take these things for granted ever again, that we will not let a Sunday go by without engaging God with all our hearts That if we have been dull to the things of God in the past, we will stir ourselves up and give our all to the public worship of God. We will come to expect more from our worship gatherings. More of the presence of the risen Lord who promises to be with His people when they gather in His name. Uh, More of the blessing of the promised Holy Spirit who is with us, though unseen. More of the edification that comes from being with the Lord's people. More of the spiritual help and support that comes from the preached word. We will recommit ourselves to everything that gathered worship is. Now thirdly, let's seek a restoration of our church fellowship. Let's recommit ourselves to gathered worship. Thirdly, let us in these days seek a revival of spiritual vigor, of spiritual life. Let us seek a revival of spiritual vigor. I said at the start of the message that our return to church gatherings provides us with a natural occasion to pursue 
personal spiritual revival. My guess is that a number of us would say, if we're being honest, that right now we might feel spiritually low. We feel somewhat discouraged or disheartened. Some of us feel like we've not been what we ought to be. Perhaps we're not encouraged with where we've been spiritually over the last couple of months. Or maybe for some of us, we would even say for the last couple of years, our hearts have not been warmed to Christ and His Word in the way that they should be. Well, friends, take heart. Uh, The same God who is pleased to save us and to regenerate us and to give us the gift of the new birth is the same God who delights to come with healing in His wings to revive His people. Uh, He delights to uh, revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. My friend, I encourage you in these days, what an occasion we have. We've been given by the Lord Jesus to go to Him and to find in Him a Savior who is gentle and lowly in heart and delights to provide rest and revival and restoration for the soul. So I encourage you, go to Christ and tell Him you want to learn every lesson you can from these past few months. You want to grow in grace in ways that you've not in the past. You want to walk more closely with God than you ever have in your life. Tell Him you want revival. Go to the Lord Jesus and find in Him rest for your soul and restoration for your soul. There's a popular Christian writer who's written a book. He wrote a, a book called Don't Waste Your Life. And that sort of tagline, Don't Waste Your Blank, became... Uh, used by bloggers and other books and things like that. I think he later wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Cancer, addressing people who are diagnosed with cancer. Well, I think we could say, similarly, don't waste your pandemic. Does God have your attention? Have have you felt uh, weak and fragile and frail in these days? Does, does, Does God appear so much bigger to you than He has at any time? Well, don't waste these days. Go to God. Learn every lesson that He wants you to learn. And ask Him to bring about personal renewal and revival in your own walk with the Lord. Friends, let me encourage you to restart with Jesus. Fourthly and finally, and I'll close with this point. Number one, let's seek a restoration of church fellowship. Number two, a recommitment to gathered worship. Number three, let us seek a revival of spiritual vigor. And number four, let us seek a renewal of Christian love. A renewal of Christian love. Love is chief among the virtues. Without love, we have nothing at all. Love for God, love for one another, love for neighbor. These things are at the heart of the Christian faith. I hope that after what we've experienced the past couple of months... We return as a church family with a renewed commitment that our life together as a church will be marked preeminently by love. The Lord himself told us that the commandments are summarized in the commandment to love. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 that without love we are nothing. 
We read in Colossians 3, verse 14, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Or we might even think of Jesus' words to the church at Ephesus in Revelation 2, where he called them to return to their first love. Brothers and sisters, the priority of love, the supreme value of love, is inestimable. It is the brightest jewel in the crown of the bride of Christ, the church. Here's why I want us to end on this point. Come on, buddy. You want to help me preach? It's okay, buddy. Our culture speaks of falling in and out of love. Young people, maybe you watch shows or read books that speak of love in that way, falling in and out of love. Of course, that's not how love in the Bible works. Love is cultivated. Love is nurtured. You don't drift into love. You pursue love. So we should commit that we're going to walk in love together. That together we will put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We should each say in our own hearts that I am more committed to loving this body than I have ever been before. I'm going to work. I'm going to strive. I'm going to labor with more energy than ever to preserve the unity of this church, to work for the good of this church, to serve and care for this body of believers. We will. We must in the strength of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, abound still more and more in love. I've chosen to end on this point because I think it's very possible that we're going to encounter some challenging days in the days ahead. We don't know what the future holds. We don't even know if we're going to be able to gather next week, if it's going to be outside, if it's going to be inside, if it's going to include childcare, if it's not... We don't know what the future holds. But brothers and sisters, as we encounter challenges in the days ahead, let's commit that we're going to face them together in a spirit of love and affection. Let us pray for and pursue together a renewal of Christian love. Friends, let us begin again. As the ice of isolation begins to melt, let us welcome the sun of renewed fellowship together. If you've felt like for these months you've experienced a winter of the soul, let us welcome the spring of revival through the grace and help of the Lord Jesus Christ. The last thing I'll say is that there's no doubt that some of us need to begin with Jesus for the first time. I want to say a word to those of you You're not believers in Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ. You've not believed the gospel. Embrace Christ as your Savior. I wonder what have you learned over the past two months? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about the world? What have you learned about God? Do you feel fragile? Do you feel more small than maybe you felt two weeks ago? Does life seem more fragile a thing. The Bible says that this life is as a breath. This life is as vapor. My friend, as your creator, 
been calling out to you in this crisis? Does he have your attention? Well, I say to you also, don't waste this pandemic. As you've been thinking about the larger questions of life, as you've been thinking about life and death and how fragile life is, I want to tell you for those of us who are in Christ, we don't fear the coronavirus. We don't fear death. Because we know that in Jesus Christ and the salvation that he gives us through faith in him, we are given the gift of everlasting life. And we look forward to paradise forever with God. And even though we're socially distanced and for the sake of our families and our neighbors, we seek to avoid this virus, we have the hope of glory. We have the hope of redemption. We have the hope of salvation in Jesus Well, my unbelieving friend, in what do you hope? And as you face the prospects of a global pandemic and a fragile world and a fragile heart and a life riddled with sin and frailty, what are you looking for for salvation? It is the happiest privilege of my life that I get to stand before you and offer you salvation in Jesus Christ. That if you feel yourself and know yourself to be a sinner... I invite you to come to Jesus Christ who is a Savior for sinners and promises that all those who come to Him, He will by no means cast out. That if you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will be saved from your sins and will have the gift of eternal life. What a time this would be to begin with Christ. Let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, We thank you that you have allowed us to gather this morning. We say to you the joys that we experience in these gatherings. Of coming to you in worship and singing to you. Ascribing praise and honor and worth to you. Of having your ear in prayer. Of being able to come before your word to be molded and shaped by it. To have the living God speak to us through his word. To experience the fellowship and edification of the body. Father, these are joys we commit, we resolve, we will never take for granted ever again. We thank you for the privilege we have of being your people. We thank you that, that for your people, when we feel spiritually low, when we feel discouraged, when we feel weak and weary and heavy laden, your word holds out to us the hope of revival and renewal and restoration. We pray that all of us would seek that from your hand this day. And for those who have never begun with Christ, never begun with you, we pray that this would be a day of salvation, that you would come sweetly draw sinners to yourself, sinners to your son, the Lord Jesus, that they might find salvation. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen.